All right. Well, welcome back to another episode of Coffee and Conversations. I'm your host, Donald Coleman. I have an amazing guest today. So, Samantha Jenkins, how are you doing? I am doing well. Good morning, Donald. Good. It's glad to have you here. So I want to jump right in. So I'm going to read your bio, and then I'm going to jump right in, and then we'll just start this candid conversation so that they, all the listeners can learn a little bit more about you, and then they'll get an understanding about ICF San Diego's chapter, okay? Excellent. All right. So Samantha Jenkins is the founder of Hope and Associates Coaching and Consulting. She's a leadership coach who brings her 20 plus years of experience in the nonprofit sector and military lifestyle to collaborating with women, people with marginalized identities, and emerging leaders to find the intersection between the personal and professional leadership. As a veteran and a career military spouse and mother, she understands the many transitions that today's modern women and community-based leaders face. So, Samantha, I usually start the conversation out with is, how did you get started in coaching? You know, that's a really interesting question. When I look back, I've probably been doing some form of coaching all my life. Okay. But formally and technically, I uh, got into coaching when I was introduced to it as a series of elective courses when I was in grad school at USD. Okay. (laughs) And um, I took that first course or two and I was like, oh, where has this been all my life? This is what I do. Yes. And I've been doing it for free. And now I know I can make a career out of this because I'm already good at it. Okay, so I'm kind of curious because I interviewed another person from the USD program. So which elective course was it that you actually took? Oh, that's a good question. And I wish I could say I remember the name. It might have been something like Foundations of Coaching. There it is. Because the other person (laughs) had the same thing. It says, hey, they took that course and it just opened them up to a, a, a whole nother aspect of what coaching is and the profession. So I'm kind of curious. So prior to you taking the training in coaching, what was your thought about the coaching? And then after you took the training, what is now your thought on what coaching is all about? Oh, that's a great question. You know, before being formally trained as a coach through a university certification program, I had been seeing coaching emerge as something that was creating a real buzz on social media. Okay. Right? And and everyone under the sun was calling themselves a coach mm. of some sort. And I thought, you know, I wonder what these people's qualification okay. is. Okay to carry this title and then to go out into community and the workforce and and provide this service to people. Um, And then when I had the opportunity to be formally trained and educated in the practice and praxis of coaching, um, I realized that I appreciated coming into the field uh, through that channel. Okay. And can you say a little bit more about that channel, the education-wise? Because I only say this because it's important for us 
to distinguish between those self-appointed coaches. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, and the people that have actually put in hundreds of hours of training before they even use the title coach. So, Yeah, thank you for that question. Um, you know, I, I think the value of the formal education that allows you to carry the title coach is that you really get the foundations, mm, yes. the fundamentals of coaching. You get the um, the the training on the the psychological components mm. that really um, allow you to be held more accountable, mm. to have more ethical responsibility for what you say to people and how you um, sit in this really significant role that can have impact on the choices that people make in their lives. Yes. I'm so glad you said that about the ethical component and, and also the, the, how do I say it? It's more about for me when I went through the training a second time, cause I did my training in 2000 and then went back again through it, all of it again in 2020. And it was totally worth it. It, it taught me more about coaching is more about being than doing. Does that make sense to you? Absolutely. Self is instrument. Yes. Yes. So, and thank you for sharing that. And I appreciate it. So now the, the, the focus here is, is I do want to ask this question because I've been, I've been wanting to ask the question. Number one, first in your bio, you mentioned about marginalized identities can you share a little bit more about what makes what make what is the makeup of a marginalized identity or a group of people? Because I really want to know. Absolutely. Um, so a marginalized identity is someone who has a life experience or a particular label or narrative that they embrace uh, that has been um, set aside from that of a mainstream society. So that can relate to any number of things. More often than not, people attribute it to race, but it is not solely about race okay. or ethnicity. It can be about gender identity or sexual orientation. It can be about neurodivergence or ability. Okay. It can be um, any number of things that set people aside that often, um, unfortunately, put them into categories where they find themselves othered from from mainstream culture and society. Okay. And what caused you to kind of branch into this as a part of your market share? Because I, I see you're passionate about it. What made you decide that that's going to be a lane that you wanted to go into? You know, as a person who holds many um, intersectional identities, I thought it was really important to bring um, my lens, my lived experience, mm. and my formal education to providing a culturally competent service to people who may not readily gravitate towards coaching. Okay. Um, you know, I identify as um, a daughter of immigrants, as a first-generation American, um, as a woman, as a uh, African-American woman, um, 
you know, and, and those identities are salient to me in okay. how I move through the world and the communities that I connect with. And I was finding that um, culturally competent and experiential based coaching through that lens um, wasn't readily accessible to people uh, who have similar experiences and backgrounds. Okay. I, I appreciate that. And thank you for explaining it to me because my bias was as an African-American male, I never saw myself as being marginalized. Right. And, and I had to really check myself, right. This is coaching on self to really, cause I, I, I just to really understand what the meaning is. And I ask people that so that I can formulate a definition that's a real definition for what that term means, because it can be used in a negative or in a positive light uh, from that perspective. So I also notice here, before we get into this, you're a veteran. What branch of service? I am a Naval veteran. Oh, Navy. Okay, thank you. I'm a, I'm a Marine, so you're my taxi service, right? So that's how this all works out here. So I appreciate that, and I, I have a heart for veterans. I mean, anybody that's served... Uh, it's life-changing. At least it was for me. I mean, I was a young kid leaving New York City and, and went into the military understanding nothing about service and came out really understanding that serving is kind of one of the highest things that we can do in life. So I appreciate your service and thank you for that. Thank you and same to you. So now in what ways, and I'm you, I'm going to use the term the power of coaching because I've identified and, and we at ICF San Diego have identified that coaching has power. So in what ways has the power of coaching changed your life personally? I think the power of coaching has changed my life because it has given me greater insight into the value of self mm. and how we can use ourselves as a tool to change the world, um, even if it just starts with one person at a time. Okay. Um, I think that's the greatest power I've, I've found in coaching. Okay. And when you say about self, what is it brought out of you? That, that understanding of who you truly are, what has it brought out? It has given me the ability to recognize that all of the resources that I need exist within me. Mm. And so oh, okay. through coaching, I offer that same level of revelation to the people that I work with. Okay. And I'm going to ask this because it for because it was lights out for me when I find when I heard that. So when you first realize that all the answers are in you, how did it feel? You know what I'm saying? I mean, what was it like? It felt like an epiphany. Yeah. You know, um, unfortunately, we don't all grow up in homes and within cultures and under circumstances that may allow us to believe that. Yes. And sometimes we need help from people along the way mm. that um, enables us to see the, the fullness that we have within ourselves and thereby, um, then by extension, the fullness that is present within our communities yep. and within our world. And so um, coaching has really allowed me to see that 
there is so little that one can navigate or experience that doesn't have growth or strengthening potential. Potential, yes. Very nice. Great way of putting it. And so within yourself, you found out that there's this, you, that the answers are in you, that all you need to do is get the space to be able to pull it out. Now, how are you using that same power of coaching within the clients or the organizations or the communities that you serve? You know, it's it's the power of the question, right? Mm, coaching okay. is all about asking the questions and holding the space that allows people to look within themselves for the answers, mm. right? Um, that's a little bit of what sets it apart from therapy. Okay. Okay. Right. It's, it's the notion that um, <clears throat> we hold the space for people to really come to the understanding for themselves of what the answer is. Okay. You know, it's, it's the powerful question. Okay. It's the being able to listen to a person in a way that really um, allows them to feel present and valued in the mm. moment. Got it. So for the for the person listening to this podcast that's never experienced coaching and they hear the word holding the space, what does that mean as a coach? Holding the space as a coach really means creating an opportunity wherein a person feels safe enough to mm. show up as their full and complete self. So outside of any expectation of judgment or projection from the coach. Mm. And so we know that we live in a world where there are so few opportunities for people to experience that because, you know, social media and workplaces and families project expectations onto us, right? Um, everyone has roles and capacities that they need us to fill and expect us to comply with and coaching does not do that to people. Mm. It creates um, a space and time wherein a person can take opportunities that they may not normally have to really sit with themselves, um, take advantage of moments of silence so mm. that they can process their thoughts, and that they can have someone who's going to ask them really thoughtful questions that are reflective of active listening. Mm which they may not get in other spaces and relationships in their lives. And that's what makes coaching so powerful. I, I appreciate the way that you broke that down because a lot of times we say things, right. And people just don't understand like holding the space, but there's a lot to holding that space, right? There's a lot to creating the, the safe space. So I truly appreciate everything that you've just said. So now tell me a little bit more about Hope and Associates, right? Your your title, I mean, just the fact that you have Hope in the actual title of your organization. Tell me more about the Hope and your ideal client. Yeah, thanks for that question. You know, Hope is actually my maiden name and it's a name that I love and, and will honor for my entire life. But when I think of hope, I think of the things that are associated with it, mm. you know, love and faith and truth and justice and, and honor and service and commitment and um, 
So those are kind of the associates, right? Mm -hmm. And so people hear Hope and Associates and they think of this really kind of traditional sounding business Mm -hmm. name, but it's a a much more um, deep explanation behind it. And so few people ask me what it means or what was the um, motivation behind choosing that name, but that's what it was. For everyone, the things that they associate with Hope are a little bit different. Exactly. And that's one of the reasons I answered, because I have a quote by Eugene H. Peterson that changed my life and it's centered around hope and it's unrelenting disappointment makes the heart sick, but a sudden good break can turn life around. And that for me is the epitome of what hope is, right? (laughs) Absolutely. It is that that one thing that shows up in the moment where you're on your last, mm. you know, granule Oof. of personal power yes. that gets through and, yes. and gets you over. And so, yeah, you know, that's what I think hope, hope is what powers us. Yes. Oof. So now that we have this understanding of hope, I'm going to go down this road with you because I'm getting excited about this. Now that we're going to go down this, we understand about hope. So. What client or what's that ideal? I know we work with a lot of group people, but what is that ideal client that you're looking to work with to provide that deepness of hope for them that they can continue on down this journey? You know, I would say the ideal client, although I, I work with a wide variety yes. of people, um, is the woman of color Mm. who has experienced some challenges in her life, either personally or professionally, Mm. and is kind of at a crossroads, a point of transition Mm. and is trying to figure out how to get over, envision something new or get to that next place of opportunity. And they just need a little bit of, time to sit with someone, to have um, a compassionate conversation, to be heard and honored in their experience, and to be supported in making their own decisions about where they go next. (laughs) Love it. Compassion to be heard, right? Isn't that what we all want, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we we live in a world where, unfortunately, um, women are conditioned through gender roles and gender identification Mm. to put aside opportunities and, and time to really decide what they want out of life as opposed to what they should be doing in the service of others. And so when these transition points occur, women sometimes struggle with figuring out what the next step is because they've been centering so much on how they show up for everyone else as opposed Mm. to planning how they're going to show up for themselves. Mm. Or even knowing that they can show up for themselves, right? (laughs) That they even have an option. Wow, that's so beautiful. 
That's that's beautiful. I I appreciate the fact that, and this is what I love about coaching, because each one of us has a different heart passion of people that we desire to work with. And through that, the power of coaching is literally changing the world that we live in. My my hope and prayer is, is that the accessibility of coaching gets to all levels of people, from, from the C-suite down to, to the person sweeping the floor. It doesn't matter that we get access to this coaching here. So thank you again. Now, I have uh, two other questions, and then we can just go from here. So, and I think you answered it on this one, but I do want to put it out there. So what guidance would you give someone that's considering a coach that is in that position and they're stuck or they're in that transition? Um, I would tell them to screen more than one candidate for the mm. opportunity. Okay. Um, to really have an understanding before they have these conversations with potential coaching candidates to ex- to understand what they want for themselves at this point mm. in their lives. Okay. Understand what their prevailing issues and needs are. And so then once they have an awareness of that um, through the course of those kinds of discovery call conversations, they can get a sense of, okay, does this person have experience working with people um, of my identity who are maybe in the same position or transition Mm -hmm. point in life? Um, do they have cultural competencies and, and, you know, things of that nature, maybe do they understand the sector that I work in or the particular industry that I work in so that they have a little bit of context to support me? Maybe if I'm talking about challenges that I'm experiencing in the workforce. So just making sure that you know what you're looking for so that you know, if you're aligned with the person that you end up choosing. Okay. And if a person doesn't know what they're looking for, what is one or two steps that they can take to get to that place of knowing? I think being open to do the work and answer questions that they may have never even Mm -hmm. pondered previously. Because the, the value and the impact of good coaching is that a coach is going to ask you questions that you have never even Mm. thought about. And if your coach doesn't ever ask you a question that you have never considered or pondered. Then it's time to get a new coach. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay to say, you can just put it out there. It's time to get a new coach. (laughs) Exactly. Because they're, they're not pulling you to, to deeper places and, and, the furthest reaches of yourself. Appreciate it. And and I do want to put this out there because what you just said was so important about the coaching relationship is being willing to do the work. That in itself is the beginning of everything, right? Is the willingness to do the work. So thank you for saying that. And last but not least, you know, this is an ICF kind of podcast here. So share right. with us, and I know you're a, you just became a member. You're one of our newest members. So I truly appreciate that. Share with us the, you know, about 
someone considering on becoming an ICF member, not necessarily credentialed, but even an ICF member, what would you tell them? I would tell them that it is definitely worth the investment in their professional development and also their uh, network development, Mm. right? Um, Because being a member of an ICF chapter and of ICF Global is going to give you insider access to changes in the industry, Yep, but it's also going to give you the opportunities to be in um, fellowship and relationship with coaches in your immediate community. And that is critical, especially now that so much of the work we're doing is done remotely and virtually, which can often limit our interactions with people who exist outside of our computer screen. Yes, agree. (laughs) You know, the opportunity to participate in chapter events, um, networking, um, you know, workshops, that's really important for for building a professional network. Thank you. And as we get ready to wind this this up, is there anything else you want the listeners to know about Samantha and Hope and Associates? I'm not going to leave. That's going to be my word today. Hope and Associates. So go for it. You know, I think the thing that I would want people to know most about me is that um, I have enough life experience that I understand that building human connection is the greatest catalyst for change. Mm -hmm. And so that allows me to build and support people building that own connection within themselves Mm -hmm. because we, we just, we live in such a way that we're often detached from ourselves and coaching can be a really great place to start rebuilding and re-strengthening that relationship. Well said, Samantha. <laughs> well said. So I want to thank you again for, for your time here today. And I appreciate you spending some of that with me. And, and, and to all the listeners there, until next time, look for the next episode coming out soon. Thank you.